So we were sitting around uh, under 10,000 users shopping. Mm. We did that, now we're at 50,000, right? Wow. right? So people okay. would prefer to do it themselves? Yeah. And it's scalable. So, mm. we have, so we have Perth and we had Sydney up for delivery, but then if you open it up nationally, yeah. bang, huge uptake. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building scalable tech startups in sunny Western Australia. My name's Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Beth Cornelia. And today we are talking with the co-founders of Unocart, Tyler and Brenda. We are going to hear about how they pivoted and iterated mm. quite a few times from a restaurant food review site, FeedMe, to the home shopping delivery service to the customer insights platform, Unocart. Yeah, it's been quite a ride for them and their team. And as always, there's lots of learnings and good stuff in our chat. So please enjoy. Welcome to Startup West, Tyler and Brenda. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Can you tell us about Unocart and what it does? So Unicard's a shopping app that helps you compare prices across multiple shoppings, shopping centers like Coles, Woolworths, Audi, IGA. Right. And you deliver the stuff as well, as well as comparing prices? Yes, yeah, so you can get it delivered in some, some suburbs and other suburbs you can't get it delivered. All right. And when did this start? So this started about February last year. Right. So you're about 15, 18 months in? Yes, not counting our first pivot. Yes, <laughs> feed me in a minute. But yes. so uh, the current uh, iteration is... Uh, solving what problem for people? So if you look at the grocery industry, a lot of specials go on. So if you actually look at Australia in general, we're actually one of the heavy discount, most discounted groceries in the world. Right. So you have a lot of specials and they use it to hook consumers. So you have right. half-price nappies one day, you go in and then everything else can be hiked up. So it's right. kind of sales tactics for the How they retails. make it up, right? Yes. It's how they get you into the store. Yeah, the, up- the upsell. The upsell is quite large. <laughs> and you can still get these specials online? Uh, some are only in store, some are online. Uh-huh. And vice versa, some are only online as well. And how do the supermarkets take to this? Do they like you or do they hate you for well, consumers, this? It's an interesting thing about supermarkets is they just care about sales, basket, right. right? So they don't really care too much. The brands feel a little bit of pain sometimes because they're trying to actually sell their product to get you into repie. So you rebuy coconut water on special at Coles, but then if you can go to Woolworths and get the special next week, you actually can hurt the brand. Right. Right. Okay. Got it. All right. So tell us a little bit about where this all began because as Charlie alluded to earlier, Unocart used to have a different name, used to be Feed Me. Yeah, so Feed Me was a Tinder for food app. (laughs) Right. Um, Great. Because, yeah, so basically you can use the app to find restaurants around you and then you can swipe left or right to find places. Ah. Yeah, so basically we had that idea because we didn't know where to go for food and we thought that would be an interesting app. So you got that going and people could see meals as they're walking around the city, was that the idea? And then if they liked it, they'd go into that restaurant, which is just over the road. Kind of. We missed an important piece. So actually the concept was to help you find a place to eat, but at the same time, you'd actually be able to donate a meal. So Ah, the concept is actually the restaurants would pay for marketing to get to consumers and we could use that money to then donate a meal. Right. Fantastic. Right. And so how long did that run for? Yeah, so we got some traction and... So we ran it for about 12 months. We got so big brands. So we actually got a trial with Deliveroo when they first came over. We got an right. um, integration and partnership with Quando, which is the largest booking platform in Europe. Um, we even raised a bit of capital as well. But then if you actually look at the unit economics, we couldn't actually make it viable or scalable. But we were, made, we were able to donate 10,000 meals, which was pretty cool. Fantastic. So that was over a year or two? Yeah, over a year. Yeah, great. And then you had a few changes, I think, until you ended up with where you are now. So where did it change to and why? And, and why did that not quite get the traction you wanted, do you think? Because uh, I think there are lessons in here for yes, startup yeah, 100%, 100%. right? Yeah. So unique economics was the biggest thing. So if you actually look at the restaurant space, 
um, you've got two factors that are very hard. Is restaurants restaurants don't actually make a lot of money, so they're very stingy. They're very bad customers, mm-hmm. and right. they always try and get sold these kind of booking platforms. Yes. And at the same time, our margin was so small, we're also trying to donate. There wasn't enough margin to sustain. Right, to actually have a sustainable business out right. of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone's coming up with the latest loyalty program to try and flog it to a restaurant. Mm. And restaurants anyway are in tough businesses, right? Right, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So then you came up with like this idea for UnoCut. So tell us how that came to life and how that pivot happened. We didn't actually come up with it. We asked our users. Right. So we were really we into the Plus A program, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then um, Tim Brewer, one of our advisors, turned around to us and said, you need to talk to your customers. Mm-hmm. You need to do the jobs to be done framework and just talk to them. Mm-hmm. So that kind of got us the feed, feedback loop of actually talking to our customers. And your customers were the restaurants or were they the users so looking for? We talked to the users, we, right? So, no, we talked to the users. Right. Um, yeah. So basically we said, like, why are you guys not using the app as mm, frequently as, you, yeah. as, as we want you to? And they're like, well, we don't eat out all the time, but we do cook at home. So then we went from Tinder for restaurants Mm. to Tinder for recipes. And uh-huh. then from recipes, we went into grocery delivery because they're like, what if you can deliver, can deliver the ingredients well. to me? Right. And yeah, that's how we... So you did two pivots, that. actually, from Feed Me yeah. Yeah. to Unicard. Iterations. Iterations. Because a pivot's different. So I take a pivot as... Pivots are great, but yes. a pivot is completely restructuring. Mm. Uh, iteration yes. is kind of, I'm going to, say, catch a bus, but then I take a car. Okay. Wow. So I kind of, Fair enough. yeah, so like the pivot from grocery delivery, yes, from food yes. delivery is a pivot, but recipes was kind of an expansion. I actually see it as a beautiful journey. Yeah, so you, you came up yeah. with something, you saw the problem, <laughs> and rather than flogging a dead horse, you, you gave it a year and a half, you had some users, mm. and you went, look, it's not going to, the problem we're trying to validate wasn't quite there. We're also trying to do money giving away, giving away meals, right? Um, we'll go into this sort of groceries and then we'll do delivery because that's what they're wanting. And that's, I think, a really important story and a message for startups mm-hmm. who are just otherwise, you know, we say grit and determination is important, but sometimes you've got to sit back and go, look at look, it. Yeah. This ain't working, but if there's a problem over there we can solve. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just- so, Unocart, <laughs> tell us about that. How's that going? Yeah, so it's interesting. So what we call product-to-market fit, you know when you found it. So um, we released the product and our daily active became our monthly active overnight wow. and it crippled our, our technology. So <laughs> yeah. the developers woke up with Happy alarms going. Yeah, the alarms were <laughs> going off, things were melting down. Wow. And we had never experienced for development, we build really fast, but we'd never had such active users that we couldn't just roll out updates. Mm. So as soon as we went to roll an update out, users are going, what's going on? Because they're mm. always on the product. So that's when we kind of found out and the developers are trying to figure out when they can actually switch off the servers or change or spin up new servers. Wow. So it's a huge, it's a good problem to have. Nice problem to have. Yeah, but it's just interesting. So tell us about the business model of Unocar. Yes. Yeah, so this is the interesting thing. So we have a, a demand for consumers because they want cheap groceries, they want to find the cheapest groceries. And then we also have demand from the FMCG companies. Because they don't FMCG? Actually, yeah, so fast-moving consumer goods. So your Coke. Fast-moving consumer goods, all right. Yeah. So your, your Cokes, your Unilevers, your Product and Gambles of the world. So if you actually look at their structure, they're in a unique space because they actually need to sell through a third-party supplier. So then they, they miss out on all that good stuff about connecting with the consumer, talking to the consumer, getting feedback loops around what their product's doing, how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're actually getting crippled from all these internet startups. So if you look at Dollar Shave Club, they got acquired by Unilever yep. for a billion dollars. But they didn't get acquired because they had great sales. They got acquired because they have the direct iteration with consumer. 
and they've always mm-hmm. data and how can they iterate the product? How can they change the product? That's what Procter & Gale didn't have. Yes. That's what they wanted. Yep. Aha. And that's what you're building. So that's... The data play. Yes. Yeah. So that's where uh, all our monetary comes from. Yes. Helping okay. the brand see what's happening in the store at a cross store. We call it an omni-channel. So uh, not only a Coles or a Woolworths, but a Coles Woolworths online and other channels. But right. that's not why you started up in the first place. So it's again, it's another iteration, isn't it's it? It's another, that's yeah, there's another to iteration. Celebrate. So, so, yeah, it's. Or another opportunity you've seen by being out there. Yeah, so it's product to market fit for consumers. Yes. And then there's, um, well, it's like the pain point, pain point product market fit, I guess, for the brands. So, yes. we monetize. Yes. Mm. So, do consumers pay anything to use the app? No, they, they don't. We had the grocery delivery, and the, uh, the concept was actually to sell marketing yeah. to the brand. So, we sat down with some of the biggest brands in the world. Mm-hmm. And they looked at us and said, look, Coles has 11 million consumers. They charge thousands of dollars to get them. And we yeah. went, well, that's not going to really work. Mm-hmm. They said, but what do you know about how consumers are buying across store? Because we don't actually have insights to how they buy my Coke at Coles compared to Woolworths. Right. And how do they fix them? Like, what can you tell me about that? And that's when we kind of found out that's the pain point for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But before that, you actually had people going around doing deliveries. You hired people almost like Uber driver equivalents. Yeah. yeah. Right? And they went and did the shopping on behalf of the people at home yes. who presumably were at work and then or they didn't have time or mum didn't have time to shop. So they'd get the, your shoppers to go and shop for them and deliver. Right. And you were getting it to them within like two or three hours. Yeah, like quicker than actually Coles would deliver its own stuff. And, yes. and better. Better selection choice because you've got that. And just more care, right? So yeah. if right, you're okay. if you're packing for Coles, you have to put an apricot in the package. But if you're a picker and you go in the store and you go, hey, look, apricots at Coles, they're just not worth eating. Mm-hmm. So you actually save the money. Like, okay, cool. Can you give me an apple instead? Right. That kind of, that was the, the beauty of the product. Awesome. So that part of the business, though, is that still running? So that so the grocery comparison app still running. We have 50,000 users across Australia. Wow. But um, we've released to another app, which actually helps us get more data as well. So uh, receipt capture. So inside the Uno cart, you can actually upload your receipts and get rewards for it as well. Uh-huh. So that's how you get in the data. Right. Yeah. So not only from transaction, but you get data from receipt upload. And so the app reads the actual receipt and deciphers the information yes. from the receipt? <laughs> so Optical reading? Or yeah, something? we have a really yeah, good yeah, dev team. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the problems you find is that you can get people to upload receipts, but how do you read the actual mm. receipt? And then how do you decipher the code of the receipt? So that you crack that? Yes. We spend a lot of time in our development teams. Really, I can it. see the pain on your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, the beauty of the product, I guess. So that's why no one is actually using this data source. That's why it's so strong. Right. Because they can actually decipher the receipt and figure out how to do it in an efficient, cost-effective way. But you guys have. Yes. <laughs> how have you funded this? Have you, have you had angel backers, high net worths, VCs, your own money? What's, tell us that journey. Yeah. We started with our own sort of the FEMI idea. We yeah. started with our own, own money and then we met an angel investor and then we got some VCs and like small investors to, to come on. Cool. Yeah. Not VCs from Perth, I presume, because there aren't any. No, is, is lateral VC? Well, we have lateral VC. We have Tommy Shin, we have lateral yeah. ventures. So, yeah. um, Hats off to Tommy, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, we, um, so it's our own money. So I exited a small business. We put that money, Brenda put some of our own savings in. Right. So it's around $70,000 to get prototype and product market fit. We've right, at the very market, beginning. very beginning yeah, to yeah, get yeah. the app out, to get consumers on. Um, then we got into Plus 8. It's $40,000. Um, and then what happened was I still worked nights and we put on one developer and we kind of like wow. divvied up my pay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we were both working like 
as well. time yeah. and then working on this on the side right. for okay. like two two years and one year for me. And one then and all you do is give your money to develop the team basically because <laughs> they need to be on – you need to iterate yeah. the product. So right? neither of you got a tech background. No. No. But we, we've learned a lot. You have a CTO now? Yeah, we've got a lead, lead engineer. Lead but engineer. we've learned a In lot. The team. Of, yeah. We've learned a lot more on software. Yeah. Right. We've learned had to learn a lot. I suppose running a tech company, it's kind of you have to. It's, yeah. it's a requirement. And well, yeah. To be fair, Brenda is actually a great software designer. Well, like yeah, UX yeah. UI, but it's not fantastic. No, not neither. We very, have a not the diff background. Yeah, 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 no. yeah. yeah. So actually, that's probably a good um, jumping point to take it back a little bit mm. to your your origin stories. Where did you both start? We we always kind of we always tracking to own your own business and have your own startup, or did you both go to uni? Tell us tell us that story. Um, no, I studied event management, completely different. Yeah. My last job was actually a project manager in a local government, right. which is completely different. Yeah. But my parents, um, they own small, like they run small businesses. So I've always wanted to start something mm-hmm. You've myself. seen it over the kitchen table. Yeah. Right? And they always tell me that you have to do it, like you have to start your own mm. business You put born and raised, Brenda? No, Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. And what time, what age did you get here? Um, I... I've been here for nine years. Right, okay. So studied uni here. Came out of like, uni, then then carried on from there. Came out of high school mm-hmm. and came to came, went to Sydney. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Fantastic. I reckon um, you're from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm yeah. right. Right, so I came over um, when I was 20, so 2010. And I came over for the mining boom, apparently. The mining boom. <laughs> the mining boom, which yeah, was a, just a good ending. <laughs> right. So oh, no, I landed. That's a bad timing. I got a one-way ticket over. Um, my sister was very kind to. Where in New Zealand? Uh, Christchurch. Lovely. So yeah, I was nice. getting into some bit of trouble when my sister said to a relative, can we just get him a ticket out of here? So I managed to get a ticket out of here. Why Perth? Oh, mining boom. Mining boom. Right. So everyone was telling me all these glorious stories about how much you can make. Indeed. I turn up, I can't even get a job at KFC. Because I'm outside the um, age group, right? Because if you look at fast right. food, they can't. You're right. expensive. I'm expensive now, and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. So then I'm going around trying to get jobs. Can't get a job anywhere. And then I managed to get a job in commercial cleaning at night, right. um, but more on the pressure cleaning, so like uh, structural clean downs, like big commercial cleaning, mm. and that kind of was good pay. And I managed to get into it. And then from there, I learned about business. So mm-hmm. um, one book I read that changed changed a lot for me was um, Jim Rohn. I read a lot of Jim Rohn's books around sailing and business. Mm-hmm. And from there, I started my own business, which is another commercial cleaning company, but with oh. an eco, eco spin. So the concept was everyone's looking to be more eco friendly. This is a few years ago now. Um, yes. And the recycling should be a big play. So we tried to do eco friendly recycling for businesses, um, which turned into just solely eco cleaning. Um, yes. Got to a little bit big, not the, the little. Like not big, two or three employees, yeah. and then I found myself scrubbing the toilet because someone called in late on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I thought, "This is it for me. I want to get out of this." Mm-hmm. So then I just sold it, and then now you've got a social side to you. I can hear that coming through. Yeah, um, in your feed me in that business. Where's that come from? Yeah, so that's a bit of my background. So I always had this thing: if I make it, or if I get to a better position in my life, I want to give back to the people that actually help me. Mm. So my Fantastic. background. Yeah, so I was actually an orphan in New Zealand. So growing up, I relied very heavily on food charities. Mm -hmm. So then when I got to Perth, I had a good paying job, and then I sold a business. I was like, let's give back, right? So I went and helped out with Oz Harvest, Second Bites, um, Food Rescue when they were still around. They're not around anymore, the Second Bites now. And then I found there was a problem where they compete. So I was was sitting there with a business mindset, and I was like, cool, we've got three trucks. 
how about we use these three trucks when I go and work for Oz Harvest because I've only got two, right? They're expanding. Well, we can't do that. And I was wondering why they don't work together and there's some red tape around things. Yes. So I was like, well, I don't like this. So how about I create Feed Me? And we fund it ourselves uh-huh. and we can do what we want with the money, right? And was that when you met Brenda? Uh, yes. Yeah. Tell us that story. <laughs> how, <laughs> yes. was, how was you meeting and then forming a business together? So I... So basically he told me about his background and idea for this and yes. I was really touched because it was amazing. Mm. And fun enough because he when we first met, he actually told me another charity idea. So like basically where it, it's like acorns, you know, that savings company, but you give the savings to charities instead. Oh. And I was like, well, that's a really good idea. And then I went away and mark up like a website and I showed it to him the next week and he's like, wow, this is good. And then we're like what about we do something with this, right? Like this is a good combination. Like he has the idea and I kind of make it happen, yeah, that, that, kind of happen. The, the <laughs> I still like the concept. Still um, good. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the concept is actually, I called it Take Two. Yeah. So the concept is you take $2 a week and then you donate it to a charity and then we all we all vote where we're going to donate it. So every consumer yes. puts $2, $2 and then every business puts 2%. Yes. And then we create a big pool, and then every week we go, hey, we're going to do it to, say, save the oceans, or we're going to give it to mm. food rescue, or we're going to give yes. it to, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Lovely. was the concept. Lovely yeah. idea. Mm. So that was the first thing you bonded over, and yes. then it sounds like Feed Me came well, next? Yes. Yeah. 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 Then Feed Me yeah. after that, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, Kart, where are you going to go with it? Where, where do you think? What's the, what's the big vision in the next few years? Yeah, so we're growing user base. We're talking to a lot of big companies. We're actually in two NDAs of some massive research companies at the moment around right. the technology, so that's super interesting for us to see where that goes. So they're interested in consumer insights, right? Yeah, yeah. so one's, one's interested in the whole package and the other one's yep. talking about just one part of the technology. It's a missing piece for them. And you say you've got 50,000 users. How many people out there now shopping or all around Australia on the platform? Personal yeah. shoppers running around doing Yeah, shopping. so the personal shopper stuff has completely died down. All right, um, but okay. a lot, so like what we did is we, we had an iteration where we allowed consumers just to shop themselves. Uh-huh. And then we saw another intake so our uh, user race grew again. So we saw a massive uptake. Yeah. So we were sitting around uh, under 10,000 users shopping. Mm. We did that. Now we're at 50,000, right? right? Right. So people okay. would prefer to do it themselves? The, yeah. And it's scalable. So mm. we have so we had Perth and we had Sydney up for delivery. But then if you open it up nationally, yeah. bang, huge uptake. Mm. Mm. And it sounds like you're on the cusp of that, right? Scaling up. Yeah, scaling up and getting enough mm. consumer insight to actually help the brands. Yeah. And landing that VC... So Tommy and other money as well, or is it? Oh, just Tommy. Yeah. Uh, so no, we've we've got a, um, a private, like a family, a family office as family well. Office. Yes, and a fam- yeah, yeah. family yeah. office as well. Yeah. yeah. How, how many no's did you get, and what was that like <laughs> handling that? <laughs> They're both smiling. Getting through. to the yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good the, Again, people have got to know. It's, you're going to yeah. get a lot of no's. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of knockbacks. It's like banging your head against the wall. Yeah. One of the, you, you've shown amazing fortitude and changes and iterations and pivoting and and here yeah. you are. It's fantastic. Just I got some it. great advice. Mm. Um, ask for money, get a no. Ask for advice, get money. Indeed. Ah. And it's yeah. 100% true. And yeah. it's some people think that they can go to a few pitch events and then they'll get money afterwards. It's mm. actually a really long process. It could go up to 12 months. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like a really long relationship building it's an emotional roller coaster, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys have done very, very well to, yeah, to end up where you are. So very inspiring. I want to wish you all the best. It's a fantastic story. 
I love what you're doing. I love the social side to it. It's just fantastic. I wish this was a TV show. You could see uh, in your faces, faces great. the emotion and, and, the, and, the, and, and everything you put into it. We're going to finish with a rapid quick fire round. The first thing comes into your head and Beth's going to start. Go for it. Yes, I am. The single most important factor that makes a successful startup. Market. Timing. Do you believe in insourcing or outsourcing? Insourcing, 100%. Depends on the job. I can see how you two balance each other out. This is great. Uh, Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Depends on the industry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Depends on the product, yes. Presumably self-fund as far as you can and then if you have to raise money. An interesting thing I saw was Whole Foods, how he structured his capital raising. So he gave away a lot of equity at the start and said if I hit KPIs, I get it back. Very, very smart. And they got Bob Amazon, right? But he also owned a huge majority of the company because he delivered on his word. Yep, mm-hmm. love it. PC or Mac? Mac. Mac. Both Mac users. Yeah, agree on that one. Red or white? Red. White. I love it. <laughs> Yin and Yang. What, <laughs> what podcast do you listen to, apart from Startup West, of course? Masters of Scale. Uh, with Reid Hoffman. How yeah. I Built This. How I, I Built This NPR. Yeah, fantastic. Mm, love it. Well, look, thank you both so much, Tyler and Brenda. We would like to wish you all the best uh, for your journey. Go Unicard. Go Unicard. And thanks to our sponsors. Startup West podcast is brought to you by Startup News and is made possible by the support from IP Lawyers Raise, Spacecube Coworking Spaces, Curtin University and BDO Accounting. We record this podcast at the Rift Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, West Australia. Uh, We usually release a new Startup West episode every second Wednesday, so look out for that. And we'd, of course, love to hear from you. So uh, we have a Twitter account now. Mm. I think that's worth mentioning. So you can find us at at Startup West AUS, so Startup West Oz. Uh, Do leave us a review as well on Apple Podcasts because that really helps people to find us. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.